For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hola y bienvenidos a la Daily Hustle. Soy Enrique Byrnes y presidente es la mejor cerveza y 818 es el mejor tequila. No abate por No Filter Network. Miguelito San Diego, a.k.a. Bobby Ball, a.k.a. Bobby Barrels. Not with us today, but of course, dead or alive, job or no job, we properly salute our boy. Yes, 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 yes. Woo. Remember this, folks, when we are juiceful, we are useful, and when we are juiceless, we are fucking useless. Pretty simple. Uh, very pleasant good morning to each and every one of you on this 11th day of October 2023. Of course, we are sponsored by KT Tape. That's right. You see the banner up top. You got the QR code here. Go ahead and click on that to get yourself the starter kit. Uh, right here, we have the skin prep wipes uh, along with the... Pro oxygen tape. So you fire that on after the skin prep. And then the blister prevention. Uh, this is over here. And we complete the quadfecta with the chafe safe. Make sure you're keeping your package nice and tight, uh, nice and neat, nice and clean. It's just all part of it. So on that note. Uh, would like to give some love to Super 70 Sports. What a great shirt. What a great guy. Uh, I've nicknamed him Fuck It Fred. So that is going to be his name. I wore that shirt last night on Deuce as well. I need more of them. I literally want to fill my entire closet up with the Fuck It Freds. So anyhow, uh, buenos dias to you. This is the electronic email communication that went out this morning to uh, the thousands of subscribers to the Daily Hustle email. And today, and again, like I've, I've played around with the formatting of these, but figure that it is a good way, I know, just to be able to outline what we'll be talking about on the Daily Hustle pod. And then also, look, not everyone's going to be tuning in to the podcast. And by the way, can I get some love or give some love actually to the people? Uh, not for the daily hustle. I have no idea where this is ranking. But Deuces Wild cracked the top 15 on baseball podcast. We've only been up for like three weeks. It's insane. 
that it's gained that much momentum that quickly. So thank you to Thrill. Thank you to obviously everyone who's been downloading the podcast. If you haven't checked it out yet, go to Deuces Wild with Eric Burns and Will Clark. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. Leave a review. It really helps us. Same sort of thing for the Daily Hustle right here. Okay, the email this morning reads like this. Buenos dias. Today is the... And it doesn't say D. It says Buenos dias. Today is Wednesday, October 11th, 2023. Last night, the Astros took down the Twinkies to take a 2-1 series lead. And the Rangers advanced to the American League Championship Series by sweeping the Orioles three games to none. This stat is crazy. The O's hadn't been swept in 91 straight regular season series. Yet, they got the broom pulled on them in their first postseason since 2016. How do you even explain that? The fact that they went 91 series without getting swept. They had not been swept since Adley Rutschman got called up to the big leagues. And then, in their first postseason in, what, seven years? The very first postseason in seven years, they get swept. I told you my concerns before the postseason started. They just don't have the experience. That was the big issue. So, pretty much, how do you get experience? Well, you go through it. So, they're going to be able to learn from this. The future is bright in Baltimore. Jackson Holiday is waiting in the wings. They have other top prospects. I think, you know, look, they figured it out. They have an idea of what it's going to take to win in the postseason. It really is about getting hot down the stretch. And it's getting hot at the right time. Maybe the game's played a little differently in the postseason, too. Uh, you can you have you know, this one where you're trying to maximize your wins over a 162-game stretch. And then you have another where, you know, it literally turns into this sprint. So you go from the ultra marathon to the sprint. Well, I'm not sure they were built for the sprint. Tonight, the Braves travel to Philly and the Diamondbacks host the Dodgers in Arizona. On yesterday's Daily Hustle, we discussed the hostile takeover of Chase Field by Dodger fans and what D-backs fans must do about it. It says click link below. And there is a link to an Instagram post that we just put up this morning. Henry did a fantastic job with, which is pretty cool. And look, essentially just talking about what I talked about yesterday. You cannot let Dodger fans take that place over. And the other thing about it, look, Chase Field's a cool stadium. It has the ability to potentially get loud. Don't make this an evening of Diamondbacks baseball. Make it the snake pit. It's as simple as that. Okay. On this date in 1986, Lenny Dykstra's two-run home run off Dave Smith with one out in the bottom of the ninth gives the Mets a 6-5 win over the Astros and a 2-1 lead 
in the National League Championship Series. A wild moment for a wild fucking dude. If you guys remember, I mean, this is like pre-steroid Lenny too, where he gets up there and there's a story that goes with it. It's something along the lines of basically like this guy was just fighting, scratching, clawing, you know, for everything. But he ends up running into one, going around the bases, just like that. <sighs> Such a fun team to follow. That was my first year really paying attention to baseball. Of course, then the Mets went on to play the Boston Red Sox in the World Series where the infamous Bill Buckner play, and then in Game 7, the Mets ended up closing it out for the World Championships. And then you have all the stories about Daryl Strawberry and Doc Gooden, and I think it was Doc that ended up missing the parade. And just uh, that documentary that they did once upon a time in Queens, it's almost worth revisiting at this point. When you get to this time of year, the other great, great one was the, you know, the one about the Red Sox and the four days in October. This literally might be my favorite time of year. And I'm a sucker for the winter and the snow and everything else. Obviously, living out here on a ski mountain. It's doesn't, tough to beat summers out on the lake. Uh, springtime, always glorious. This time of year, though, I just think with everything, with the sports, as a sports fan, as somebody who creates content for a living, look, man, uh, you have MLB playoffs. Playoffs. And it's not, not even a World Series. So, and I, so I, when I say best time of year, I mean right now. MLB playoffs. You have college football in full swing. So you have all the hopes of the undefeated teams and national championships and whatever else. You just get to root your team on every Saturday. And then every Sunday is the NFL. And there's still these endless possibilities. It's not like half the league's been eliminated. That will be as the season continues to go on here. But it is... By far and away, my favorite time. Not to mention the fact, by the way, <clears throat> NHL's getting going. So, check out Tim Peel and Jeremy Roenick in their new podcast, Snipes and Stripes is the name of it, which has been absolutely killing it as well after just one episode. Daily Hustle quote of the day. When a man is gloomy everything seems to go wrong when a man is cheerful everything seems to go right proverbs fifteen fifteen. daily hustle translation choose cheer simple as that random fact of the day the world record for longest breath held underwater was set in 2016 by professional freediver Alex Segura Vendrell, who went under for a breathtaking, literally, 24 minutes and three seconds. How is that fucking possible? I don't get it. 24 minutes. I thought that there was a capacity for this, and it was around the 10-minute mark. And I read this this morning. And I was just like, what the fuck? 24 minutes and three seconds. Think about that. It's like watching an entire Seinfeld episode. Done. And holding your breath 
the whole time. Uh, join the Daily Hustle Live Interactive Live Optimization Podcast at filter.network 9.40am or catch it later in the day on Apple, Spotify, Caffeine TV, FUBU, or wherever else you may choose to consume this DH Golden content. <clears throat> All right. Well, I already went over that. Go back here. Uh, let's start with... A little life optimization. We, we like to share these sort of things and we like to keep up to date on what's happening in the world to an extent. Uh, it's just obviously it's been doom and gloom uh, as of late and it's been you know tough news uh, around the world and everything that's going on in Israel and Gaza. It's just been, it's been tough. So look, a lot of times we'll get into that we don't shy away from any subject here at no filter network i also like to think that we could use this time here as an escape it doesn't mean we are burying our heads under the sand and we want to act like you know nothing's happening there's obviously a tremendous crisis uh going on there but nonetheless uh we're going to focus more on sports and life optimization stuff that ideally can send us out into our day and positively influence, I don't know, the people, places, and things that we encounter through the course of that day. So the number one city in attracting young professionals. And the demand grew nearly seven times since 2019. I'm surprised that it's growing so much. Because I don't think there would be, I don't know, a whole lot of debate about this one let's go over really no I'm, I'm not going to let's just go let's work backwards let's go 15 to 1 so this is the number one city where young people want to work understand this these are the people that are influencing what's going to happen. This is the next working class and eventually they'll be running the world. So where are they migrating to is a question. Well, here it is 15 to one number 15 on the list. Miami definitely without a doubt should still be on this list. It doesn't seem like, I guess for a young professional, so to speak, depends what industry you're in. And I don't know exactly what industry Miami even has. Uh, I mean, back in my day, I just grew up. All I knew them for was smuggling cocaine. Uh, Don't blame me. Blame Miami Vice, Crockett and Tubbs. Number 14 on the list. And this is way, way too fucking low. San Diego. 14, come on. San Diego is arguably the most beautiful and best city in the world. I could only say that maybe it's because of industry. I don't know exactly. I mean, they have a ton of military there, which is always kept in a pretty conservative city. They do have a trade, a huge trade center 
where they had the uh, MLB winter meetings just a, a few years back. That was really awesome to go to. So, yeah, I I could definitely see San Diego on this list. I just would put it a whole lot higher. Philadelphia, number 13. Yeah, I like Philly. Cool to visit, in and out. It's not necessarily a place that I want to go ahead and establish residency as a young professional. But like, I'm coming from the West Coast. I look at things a little differently. Number 12, Denver, probably where it should be, uh, along with Seattle, who's number 11. Yeah. Denver, Seattle, I've lived in both cities. Pretty equal. I not necessarily would put one over the other. Obviously, a ton of tech now in both of those places. Houston, number 10. I like Houston. I don't know as like a young, hard-charging professional if that's exactly where I'd want to go. Washington, D.C., cool town. Really, really cool town. You get into Alexandria, Virginia, and yeah, I used to go out and Stay with FP when he lived there and he was broadcasting for the Nationals. That is definitely worthy of being on the list. Austin, Texas, number eight. San Francisco, number seven. Look, I mean, as shitty, pun intended, as that city has become, it's still arguably the most gorgeous city in the world. It's that beautiful. Uh, There's so many things that are right with the city, uh, just as many... (laughs) as there are wrong. So I, again, you, I think that you can shelter yourself a little bit from the high crime rates, uh, from the huge homeless population that has essentially taken over the streets in a lot of the areas. Look, the, you know, San Francisco's kind of done it themselves because whether it's handing out needles or just creating this environment, of chaos and lawlessness, uh, it, it's sad. As somebody who grew up in the Bay Area and used to take the train all the time to San Francisco, to see what it has become in certain areas is no bueno. But look, when I go to the city, what do I do? I go stay at the Via Hotel across from the ballpark. I go catch a game. I'll go to a Warriors game. Beautiful views of the Bay. Go have some cocktails up at the bar. Like, Uh, Then I'll get up the next morning and I'll run. It was about eight miles to the Golden Gate Bridge from there and back. This is awesome. Like 16 mile run, dude. It is incredible. So there's so many great things about the city. Now, I'm not necessarily living or working there, though, as other people would. Six is Boston. Great town. Five, Atlanta. Four, Los Angeles. I don't know where in Los Angeles. Like Everyone says like Los Angeles. I'm like. Uh, there's a lot of different areas of Los Angeles. I would have to get more specific before I made a judgment on it. Three, this is interesting. I would have never guessed this. Chicago. Excuse me. Two is Chicago. I would have guessed Chicago for sure. Three is Dallas. Ah. Dallas is cool. Dallas for like young Hit professionals just hard charging the workplace. I don't I don't know. I, I don't think I know enough about it. Obviously, the industry there for the longest time has been 
oil and gas, which isn't going anywhere despite this third industrial revolution that we're in the process of going through, uh, transforming to electricity. But I do like Dallas. We almost moved to Dallas, actually. Number two, Chicago, just mentioned before, and then numero uno, without a doubt, New York City. If you're a young professional, this is it. This is a place you want to be. If you're going to make it there, you could make it anywhere. That's why a lot of times you see the hard chargers heading out there. Okay, <clears throat> ripping through the news stories I wanted to get to. Uh, Nathan Ovaldi, his gem propels the Rangers to sweep the Orioles and they reached the American League Championship Series for the first time since 2011. You remember that was Ron Washington's Texas Rangers. And here they are back again. The vibe and energy in that building last night was really, really fucking cool. The Rangers became the first team to punch a ticket to the League Championship Series sweep of the Baltimore Orioles, a 7-1 win in Game 3. Since failing to secure a division title, in the final days of the regular season, the Rangers have now won five consecutive playoff games, following a two-game sweep of Tampa in the wildcard series last week. Corey Seager hit a solo homer in the first in Adolis Garcia. A three-run shot highlighted a five-run second inning for the Rangers, who cruised to an easy victory against the AL East champion Orioles, who won 101 games. So... They have this great picture of Eovaldi. And I mean, this is just so it's just so awesome. So Eovaldi is a guy that has had tremendous amount of success in the postseason. He has a whip of under one. His ERA is in the twos. And they were asking him last night on MLB Network if he gets up for these moments. And what is it that brings out the best in him during these times? And he's like, I don't know. I slept 13 hours the night before. And it's like, you did what? Slept 13 hours? Who sleeps 13 hours besides babies? And yet, you know, here he was too. The night before this game where you would have thought, I don't know. There might be some added pressure, huge moment. This is exactly what it takes. That laissez-faire sort of attitude where it's like, hey, fuck it. I'm going to get out there and I'm going to go ahead, do what I could do. The guys that have success in the postseason, they're guys that don't do anything differently. You don't try to take it up a notch. Look, you stay very even keel. You play your game. Excellence is a habit. It's not one of these things we try to create out of the blue and all of a sudden we hit the postseason and we're stepping it up a notch. Look, you train hard to play easy. You train hard. And part of the training for the postseason is playing the regular season and learning what it takes to get onto that even keel. Bottom line is just trying to maximize your performance and how are we able to do that. So in the biggest moments that I would ever come into – I'd feel the air pass through my nostril and try to slow it down. Rangers Bruce Bochy raises a major question among MLB fans when the with his clubhouse speech. This was good. 
The Rangers are doing exactly what was hoped for when Bruce Bochy was hired as manager in his first season in Texas. Uh, they make the postseason, making a run of the World Series, following a 7-1 win that finished off the ALDS sweep of the Orioles. Bochy joined his players in the Texas clubhouse to celebrate. But during his speech to the players, the skipper made a remark that had many MLB fans asking questions. Quote, the only thing I need to know right now, asked Bochy, Hedgy, what's the number on your ass right now? The Rangers players obviously knew what Bochy meant, and the champagne celebration began. But those watching on TV or social media were wondering what the manager meant by asking what number was on catcher Austin Hedges' rear end. Fans quickly figured it out. However, do I want to know what they're riding on Hedges' ass and does his wife know about this? Why did Bruce Bochy ask the number on Austin Hedges' ass on national TV? What a time to say, let's listen in. Okay, so they're clearly counting down the number of wins remaining on Austin Hedges' ass. Did Boch just ask Hedgy what number is on his ass? Is Hedges riding the Rangers' magic number on his ass? Please tell me there's a stand-up of Hedges in the locker room. After each win, they reveal the latest number on his ass. However, questions still remain about the postseason tally on Hedges' body. Is each win being marked chicken scratch style on his butt or are actual numbers being written? And who is writing the marks or numbers on hedges? Has a teammate taken this task upon himself? Could Bochi be the one doing it? The stand-up question raised by uh, De La Nate is also a good one. Is there a cardboard cutout of hedges in the Rangers clubhouse? like the one in Cleveland clubhouse with manager Lou Brown. Uh, They created that of Rachel Phelps in the movie Major League. So far, there are five marks or the number five on hedges as Texas advances to the ALCS. The Rangers have yet to lose a game in the 2023 postseason sweeping the Rays and, of course, sweeping the Orioles. So next up, they'll face a winner of the Twins and the Astros. Look, I love the cameras. I think it's important we share exactly what's going on in those clubhouses. Uh, The more content, typically, the better. Some things are better left inside. Some things are stories that can come out later that I don't think need to be talked about now. But I do love the fact that obviously they have, whether it's they're counting down the number of wins. So it's going to be, if you look at it, it would be what? Two, then three. So we're at five and then four, six, seven, eight, nine, and then four more, 10, 11, 12, 13. Is that right? Yeah. 13 wins is what it would take to win the wild card. As far as the other teams are concerned, say like the Astros, they would have to win 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. So, if 
whether they're counting down like the 13 to the 12, the 11, the 10, or counting up, we have no idea. But regardless, I think it's pretty fucking cool. Okay, uh, the Astros. Holy jeez. Jose Abreu had a breakout game hitting two homers yesterday, and they absolutely bombed the Minnesota Twins. Sonny Gray, look, he was sharp at times. He had eight punches, but his quote-unquote sweeper wasn't really sweeping. The Astros looked like they were sitting on it. Will was talking about it last night. He used to do it often, so they were completely giving away the fastball. They sat on the break. Or, you know what? I mean, the other element of this is maybe he just made some shitty pitches. They took advantage of it. So, the Astros take the 2-1 lead right there. Uh, the three major storylines, the key storylines for a thrilling Game 3 slate of postseason action set for today. We have the Braves at the Phillies. Series is tied 1-1. is Bryce Elder versus Aaron Nola. It says, admit it, there's a little part of you that wonder if the Braves were ever going to wake up this postseason. There was a huge part of me that actually was wondering that. I thought they were done. One of the best offenses of all time, seriously, it's one of the best of all time, had been shut out for the first 14 innings of the series, and it's not like their pitching or defense looked particularly sharp either. The Braves team is better than the one that won the 2021 World Series. But with the Phillies holding on 4 nothing. Holding a 4 nothing lead and Zach Wheeler taking a no-hitter into the six. It sure looked like the 2023 version of the Braves, for all its regular season dominance, just didn't have the same pizzazz as the pearl-wearing Bravos. Remember that, Jock Peterson? Of two years ago. And then, the Braves remember who they were. Travis Darno sparked the thing off. A two-run homer in the seventh brought him within one. But then it was Austin Riley, the mammoth two-out, two-run homer in the eighth. That will be, we will be replaying for a long time. I I, I mean, the playlist to be replayed for a long time is the one by Michael Harris II, making that sick back in and playing center field and then firing it over to, eventually, Austin Riley, who threw out Bryce Harper at first base. I mean, that was the defining moment of that series. So, tonight, it will be Bryce Elder versus Aaron Nola. Nola did not have a great regular season he was dominant in his first start of the postseason so we shall see how this one turns out that is at let's see here 507 eastern time what a wacky time 507 eastern time so it's 207 pacific mlb's got to do better than this they really do jeez all right so the next Game three. It's not game three. It's going to be a game four. 7.07 p.m. Eastern time will be the Astros at the Twins. Is another ALCS inevitable for the Astros? Well, it's looking like it right now. This is what the Astros are supposed to look like. Frankly, their game three win over the Twins was awfully familiar. Excellent start. Steady, tidy bullpen protecting an early lead. A season, uh, postseason, a seasoned postseason team. That made it clear they've been here and done that. They were the Astros, the defending champs, are now one game away from their seventh consecutive ALCS by sticking with the tried and true, and why won't they? Think about how crazy that is. 
seven straight American League Championship Series. Seven. It clearly works what they're doing. They've wrestled back home field advantage in the series by silencing yet another raucous home crowd. Are they going to finish this off Wednesday afternoon? They usually do, don't they? Uh, the storyline for the Twins, can they pounce on Urquidy? Ur- 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 That's the Astros pitcher. We'll see. It says you could totally understand why the Astros wouldn't want to start 40-year-old Justin Verlander on short rest for game four. They have a 2-1 lead. Why get desperate? They will hope Urquidy, JP, France, and the rest of the bullpen can give them the next three days off. But if you're the Twins, you have to feel relieved that Urquidy... Why can't I say his name? I keep butchering it. The big U, we'll call him. Uh, that's another name, by the way. You guys ever play the name game? And so we have, there's a baseball game where basically you can say a name. Let's just say Will Clark. And then I would take the C, the first letter of the last name, and I would go Cody Ransom. So now I'm in an R and I would go Ronnie Belliard. And then I'm back to a B, and I go Bobby Bonds, and then that would shift it back the other way. So it's a name game. So the names that are the big stumpers are the U's. Like, they get really, really difficult. So, and I believe it's, it's Jose or, 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 or Kitty. So you would get the J. As soon as you get the J, you go to the U. Now, I do have a couple U's. Ubaldo Jimenez is one of them. The other one is Ugeth Urbina. Fun name. There's a few more you could look up, but that usually is where the game gets stumped. Nonetheless, they'll be playing tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And then we have the Dodgers at the Diamondbacks. The D-backs lead the series 2-0. It is Lance Lynn against Brandon Fatt. Yep, that's right. P-F-A-A-D-T. That's a fat name, dude. Uh, wait, is it the offense that it's the problem? That's what the Dodgers are saying. This is a storyline. The Dodgers starting pitching woes so far this postseason are well documented, to say the least. Stars Clayton Kershaw and Bobby Miller have given up a stunning nine runs in two innings, putting the Dodgers in a bottomless chasm before they even took swings at the plate. But it has to be said, it's not like they're doing much with the bats. The Dodgers have put up a meager Listen to this stat line. 159-254-254 batting line. And it scored a total of four runs in those two games. Mookie Betts, 0 for 7. Freddie Freeman, 1 for 6. Max Muncy, 1 for 7. All told, manager Dave Roberts has done as well with this bullpen as can reasonably be asked of a guy who has gotten two total innings from his starters. Oh, it's crazy. Uh, The D-back storyline. Can the home crowd secure an enormous upset? The Diamondbacks haven't historically been known for having a big home field advantage, but don't tell that to fans in attendance on Wednesday. The D-backs will play in front of a sellout crowd that will have two opportunities to see their team advance to the NLCS for the first time since 20. Dude, holy shit. I was on the last team that went to the NLCS for the Diamondbacks. 
I didn't realize that. That's pretty cool. We celebrated against the Chicago Cubs in Chicago. Wow, what a moment. What a night. We'll never forget it. It was uh, Carlos Barmal on the mound. Well, okay, there's two things that happened. I'm in the outfield. The bases were loaded. We were up two games to none on the Chicago Cubs. We had beaten them in Arizona. We're playing the third game in Chicago. They had a team that was the heavy favorite to go to the World Series. They were minus 200 or 200 plus in the series against us. So I'm sure they felt like, look, let's just get it back home, win our games here, go back to Arizona, finish them off. The crowd was the loudest I had ever heard in my life. Doug Davis, I believe, was on the mound. Bases juiced. It, I could not hear myself think it was that loud. Ground ball, double play, out of the inning. It went from one of the loudest environments I've ever heard in my entire life to <laughs> silence. I then came up, how I remember is the next inning. And we're facing Carlos Barbal. This is probably like the seventh. And Marmol hangs a first pitch slider. And all I could remember from that at bat was going in there thinking, I'm hunting heater, sitting first pitch fastball, 100%, selling out for it. And as soon as it came out of the hand, I saw the pop. And I'm looking for this. And my immediate inclination was, nah, I'm going to take it. And then it was like, oh, I can't take this. This is a cement mixer. Just ask it to be pounded. From there, whack. Tension-free barrel release. See ya. Three quarters of the way up the bleachers. So I'm running around first base. And I remember Will Clark during that spring training telling me that when he hit the home run against Greg Maddox, he could hear his feet landing on the infield dirt. That's how quiet it was. As I'm running around the bases, I could hear my feet hitting the dirt. Arguably the coolest fucking moment of my baseball career and had a flashback of me sitting at Aaron Levin's house watching Will round those bases on TV. And then I was rounding the bases however many years later. Such an awesome experience. So D-backs, go fucking do it, man. The time is now. It's as simple as that. Uh, it says, let's see, we're talking about it. There's also been an opportunity for Chasefield crowd to see something they haven't witnessed in more than two decades, a series clinch at home. We did not clinch there. We clinched on the road in Chicago. 
That's right. The last time the D-backs won a series at home was when Luis Gonzalez hit the bloop off Mariano Rivera in Game 7 of the 2001 World Series. The D-backs team has surprised everyone, and they are now on the cusp of one of the grandest moments in the franchise history. The noise at Chase Field is very much going to reflect that. That's confidence. I Look, I don't want to be an asshole, but you're telling me that the noise and the fans are going to show up. I haven't fucking seen it. Now, down the stretch, it looked like they had some good crowds when they laid an egg uh, to the Astros. And they were trying to clinch a postseason berth. It just didn't work out. But, you know, looking at this and looking at this series, I, I don't need you to tell me, Diamondbacks fans. I need you to fucking show me. You have to show up, show out. I can't wait to watch that game. I'm as excited. I don't sit down and watch games. I just don't, right? I might sit down tonight and watch this entire game start to finish. It's 9.07 p.m. Pacific time. As a matter of fact, I don't know. Maybe I'll do an alternative broadcast. We'll see. Okay, let's move on here. We got... Deion Sanders, a couple years back, and it becomes a story again because he's a story. Uh, he basically said that there needs to be different tiers in the Hall of Fame. And Bill Cowher apparently was asked about it. He disagrees with Deion Sanders. His Hall of Fame take saying it would be a disservice uh, to all the other Hall of Famers. I totally agree with... Bill Cowher, look, a Hall of Famer is a Hall of Famer. Now, you know, now we got to try to like put tears and everything else. Uh, this was an article I was kind of really going to get into and just think about and just bring up the question, should we tear Hall of Famers? If we did, then basically you could say everyone could become a hall of famer then like it doesn't there's there's no fucking way you just you just can't do it uh the other dion story that i had and i didn't know this we went to the game at arizona state in tempe on saturday and we got the boys down low dude they had like 10th row tickets awesome seats uh right right when we literally like walked down to the seats you had Colorado punching it in. It, it was super, super cool. The dads and I, oh, the boys on the baseball team, went up to the concourse and just drank beer. We had two big Dos Equis, and we were watching the game up on the board. A really, really cool atmosphere. Packed. Packed. Like, sold out. Well, I didn't know this, but Arizona State president uh, actually had a chance to hire Deion Sanders. And he essentially said he, he doesn't have enough experience. So it says in college football, 2023 has been the year of Deion Sanders. Imagine, however, if instead of picturesque Boulder, Colorado, the Colorado coach was building his glamorous program in sunny Tempe, Arizona. It might have happened, but Arizona State President Michael Crow judged Sanders too green for the job last September. Quote, I get a lot of messages about Dion, and Dion seems to be in just 
his early age of learning how to be a coach, Crow said, of then Jackson State coach Sanders on KTARFM in Glendale, Arizona, shortly after the Sun Devils fired coach Herm Edwards in 2022. We're going to find the most fantastic football coach that we can. A year later, with Sanders Buffaloes 4-2 in the recent 27-24 victory over Arizona State, Crow is singing a different tune. Quote, people love to see creativity. People love to see energy. Crow told William C. Rondon of Anscape during the Sun Devils' loss to Colorado Saturday afternoon. What Coach Sanders brings to the table is that there are lots of ways to activate, motivate, stimulate creativity in sports and build new leaders. So he's off to a he's off on a new model, which I think can help us to sustain college football. Arizona State drew fifty four thousand fans on Saturday, a sharp increase from the forty four thousand the Buffaloes on the Buffaloes' last visit in twenty twenty one. So here's the deal. Look, I'm not going to bash the president of Arizona State. As a matter of fact, I will commend him for recognizing what Dion has done. I also commend him for saying, well, look, if I'm going to hire a guy, he might be a little green. He doesn't have a ton of coaching experience. What he did have, though, and this is what nobody realized, is the incredible ability to recruit. So if you look at Jackson State and what was going on there and the fact that he was getting these five-star recruits to go to this small college, I mean, that alone would tell you what he would be able to do with a bigger institution. I also could sit here and tell you that, well, I don't know, at Colorado State, I, excuse me, not at Colorado State, but at Colorado is that a better environment? I've got my timer going off here. Of course, the bark. Beautiful. We are in a time crunch on the Daily Hustle podcast, which basically 47 minutes is what I'm supposed to keep it near at each day so I don't ramble on. And I know it goes into an hour time slot, I believe. Uh, on a few of the different networks so they're able to put in the ads and everything else. So whatever. Let me finish my thought here. Uh, would Arizona State be a better spot? So would it be easier to get a lot of the kids to come to Arizona State as opposed to Boulder? Weather, I would say pretty similar. I mean, it's fucking hot in Arizona. Now, not necessarily, obviously all the time, but if you assume that the majority of the recruiting that Dion is going to do is going to come from the southern part of the United States. They like it hot. They're used to it hot. So it seems like it would be a little bit more of a difficult sell to Colorado as opposed to Arizona State. I imagine, and we're going to see what happens because there's a couple things. Like, Dion's got two kids in school. What happens when his kids go? I got to believe he goes. And maybe I'm wrong, but Colorado is not the pinnacle of college football. This guy's going to have whatever job he fucking wants to have. There literally is probably going to be a handful of jobs that he couldn't have. Other than that, there's not going to be an AD in America. 
There's not going to be an NFL head coach in America with an open vacancy that would not want this guy as their head coach. So, look, good on Arizona State's presidents for recognizing that. All right, let's finish this thing up. Wooden Wednesday. Got great quotes from great leaders. And right at the top of that list is our dude, John Wooden. Look at this sticky. It's my family feud tag, by the way. We need, we need a refurbish on that. All right. Wooden Wednesday. Uh, John Wooden. A keen student of the game and master motivator, John Wooden was one of the greatest coaches in college basketball history. He led his team to the University of California at Los Angeles to a record 10 NC2A championships. Ability is a poor man's wealth. Be more concerned with your character than your reputation because your character is what you really are while your reputation is merely what others think you are. Love that one. Adversity is the state in which most, in which man most easily becomes acquainted with himself. Be prepared. Be honest. Things turn out best for the people who make the best of the way things turn out out consider the rights of others before your own feelings and the feelings of others before your own rights it's what you learn after you know it all that counts all right everyone have a fantastic day tons of baseball on this afternoon look out for a potential alternative broadcast during that d-backs dodgers game tonight Ball of show is certainly one of them. A lot of love to everybody. Go kick the day's ass. See ya!